Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, the one seed in the AFC. More pressure on them than anyone else. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. We are on ESPN Radio. We are on ESPNU, all of our great stations across the country, as well as Sirius XM Channel 80. Just to get you updated quickly here on some of the big news from last night, uh, Jim Harbaugh interviewing with the Falcons, which came as a surprise. We knew about him with the Chargers, obviously, and we also knew that there was a chance with the Raiders, but he interviews with the Falcons. So the Falcons in as many uh, or a couple of days here have a Belichick interview and a Harbaugh interview. Pretty damn impressive when you think about that list of guys that they have been able to interview thus far. And they ain't hired a coach yet? No, and they ain't hired a coach yet. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which means, by the way, if you're a Falcons fan right now and you hire anybody but those two, you're going to be so disappointed even if the guy is good. You're going to feel like, oh, my God, we had the A-lister and we got a C-lister. That's what you're going to feel. It's not fair, but that's what you but would feel But if you like. end up hiring Ben Johnson, who's the hottest offensive coordinator out there, and he goes on to to have a long tenure as the head coach, say he's there for a decade. That's went, different, though. I'm saying right now you will feel like you were second fiddle. <sighs> well, I, I don't know if I necessarily would feel that way because the Falcons are in a position right now where you can plan to try to win the day, but you could also – have a long-range view mm-hmm. at what this team can be because they're so young. I mean, they have so many young pieces on that team. So I, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you could be anti the coaching hire just because it's not one of the biggest names, knowing that you can hire a young coach that can grow with these young players. Yeah, especially after the success that D'Amico Ryan's is having in Houston, I think maybe a lot of people would be. Um open to a name that's not Bill Belichick or or Jim Harbaugh. The other piece of coaching news was that Mike Tomlin is going to be back with Pittsburgh uh, next year. We assume that there's going to be some sort of a quarterback caveat to that, as in I'm not going back into next year with Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, that we have to do something here. The something, what it is, is very interesting, whether it's Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, uh, Kirk Cousins, who knows. But we have been debating all morning the idea of Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. Who has more pressure on them? Smalls has said definitively Lamar Jackson. CeCe and I initially said Josh Allen. CeCe is now coming back to the jo- to the Lamar Jackson side mm-hmm. of things here. Uh, Curtis in North Carolina listening on the ESPN app. What's up, Curtis? At 888-SAY-ESPN. Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing this morning? Morning, Curtis. Morning, morning. I, I feel like you guys are so definitively wrong about Josh Allen this year that if Josh Allen goes to the Super Bowl, hear me out. We don't have to argue about Lamar and all this because Lamar hasn't done anything in the playoffs. If Josh goes to the Super Bowl, I think everybody on the show should take a pay cut. Make the jar huge. Make the jar a bucket because you've been so wrong about Josh Allen. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy to me. So, yes. How have we been, how have we well, been no, wrong we've been, about Josh Allen to this point, though? We, we, I think we've been wrong and right. And here I'll explain. 
Well, we we destroyed him starting after the first game of the season when they blew that game when Rodgers got hurt four plays into that game against the Jets, right? And he had that streak of, what, nine straight games where he threw an interception. I think we were fairly critical of Josh Allen, but all we said the entire time, we probably brought this up in week two of our show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we brought up the idea that if he throws the ball less and runs the ball more and plays more ball control and makes it less about him and more about others – that they will win games. They didn't do that at first. They then Mm -hmm. fire their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, as a result. They then bring in Joe Brady, or or promote Joe Brady internally. They do exactly what we suggested they should do, and they have won games ever since. Yeah. We have been critical of him, no question. I think we will have egg on our our face that if he reaches that, that Super Bowl point, he'll look great and we won't. But our suggestions were correct. We provided solutions to problems. They just didn't take them initially. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, but I don't think our criticism of Josh is not warranted. I mean, Josh Allen last year had 23 turnovers in 18 games, and this year he won up that with the most turnovers that he's had in any regular season since he's come into the league. I mean, he had a streak where he threw 12 inter- he threw interceptions in 12 of the 13 games that he played going into wild card weekend. Now he played – turnover-free football, and they won the damn game. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) So when we talk about why this Bills team struggled early on, yeah, injuries is a part of it, but Josh Allen turning the ball over like it's buy one, get one free has got to be the biggest factor in that. The fact that he's cleaned that up, the fact that Joe Brady has decided to throw the ball less in terms of the number of dropbacks, and the team is 7-1 and since he's taken over as offensive coordinator, just goes to show you that Josh Allen – when you curtail some of the opportunities for turnover-worthy plays, it puts this team in a better position to be able to win football games. I guess my whole point in saying it is this. I don't know that we can talk about Josh Allen being in the same conversation as Lamar Jackson, as Pat Mahomes, as Joe Burrow, when we got to consider the offensive staff, the head coach, and the OC having to manage the quarterback in that way. Yeah, I mean, John Harbaugh is like, Lamar, what do you want to do? Like, he asked Lamar what he wants to do in critical phases of the game. Joe Burrow, same thing. Pat Mahomes, same thing. That's not the case with Josh Allen. So why do we keep putting Josh Allen in that same stratosphere? He hasn't done anything to earn that. And I guess that's my point. And I think that's why the criticism is so severe with Josh Allen at times because we know he's capable of being in that conversation and we know he's capable of being on that tier. The physical gifts are there. We know that he can be an absolute game breaker when he's right. But with the turnovers, you're like, are we going to put you in the same conversation as a Lamar and a Mahomes and a Burrow or are you going to play like Jameis Winston? The fact that the pendulum swings so severely with him, like play to play sometimes, I think is where the criticism comes from, but we wouldn't be as passionate in it if we didn't think he was capable of something more. I think it's interesting. I think the the Josh Allen, um, the fact that he is polarizing is because of his own individual play. I think Lamar has become polarizing because of team success led by him in the postseason. I, I think he's contributed to it, but I think Josh Allen has individually contributed to why he is polarizing because of how much he gives the other team the football. Ricardo in North Carolina listening on 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh. What's up, Ricardo? Man, how y'all doing this morning? Um, I'm going to need some time this morning, man. For one, Smalls used to be my homie, used to be my ace. Oh. I extended the Ravens invitation to you, you and did. it's no decline, and you're just bashing Lamar this morning. Man. Hold on, Ricardo. So, I'm not bashing him. I'm I'm actually showing him respect 
by saying, uh, I think he's capable of winning a Super Bowl. Therefore, there should be pressure on him. Maybe I think more highly of Lamar than you do because I think he's capable of doing it. Therefore, there's pressure. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. See, I think um, I think Pat Mahomes is going, going through what Lamar went through his first couple years at the Baltimore. No talent. They have to do everything for one. Second, um, I think we need to look at Josh Allen as if he can't get past Pat Mahomes. You're talking about he couldn't go to Kansas City and beat him. Now you got Pat Mahomes coming to Buffalo, and he better win this game. Third, if Lamar loses this weekend, nobody's losing their job in Baltimore. Everybody's safe. Um, it's possibility we might lose our offensive coordinator. He might get a new job. Let Josh Allen and Buffalo don't show up this weekend. Somebody's getting fired, and we're talk, potentially talking about Harbaugh or somebody else going to Buffalo. I think that's what everybody's missing right now. I don't think anybody in Buffalo is going to get fired. I think they exercised those demons week 18 when they got into the postseason. They beat the Miami Dolphins. The fact that this team was 6-6 six and six and got into the playoffs, they were able to rally around a new offensive coordinator, that, that, that's all the, the, the plausible deniability that Sean McDermott needed. Like, see, this guy, Ken Dorsey, he was the problem. We got rid of him. We were able to go on a roll. We got into the playoffs. We won a playoff game. I, I think everybody in Buffalo is safe, but I don't think that changes how we should view Josh Allen just because they beat a hapless Pittsburgh Steelers team that didn't have their best player. Mm-hmm. Brian in South Carolina listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Brian? Guys, I'm in the old North State like those other two guys, so Petey Pablo's about to raise up. Petey <laughs> hey. Pablo reference. I love that. <laughs> All right, so check this out. Here's where I think Lamar Jackson's the man at the drive-thru over Josh Allen. Because <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but my Instagram feed is all these fast food hacks and these secret menus. Man, Lamar gets in that fast food line. He'll be cooking. He'll be coming. Cre- he's got the creativity in the pocket. So I just think he'd be the man at the fast food joint. You know he's going to pay for the whole car, too. I like that you actually took the the joke and made it literal about the yeah, fast food. No well doubt done. about it. Well well done. Done. Also, I want his algorithm. I want to know all the secret menu orders. Right. I'm not getting that I'm fed to you. me. How does everyone know the secret menu? And if the secret menu is so known, is it really secret? Well, not everybody knows it because Smalls and I don't know it. I'm so not getting it's, that. It's secret to us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know the secret menu. Yeah. Oh, I want to go to a place with a secret menu. I need to go to a secret menu place. I like well, I, apparently every fast food place has a secret menu. It's just not on the printed menu. You need to know what to ask yeah. for. All right, you're right. Maybe now because we're talking about it, our phones can hear us. We'll be in that algorithm. Yeah. Uh, Linda <laughs> in Charleston uh, joins us here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. What's up, Linda? Hey, good morning, y'all. Thanks morning. for taking me into work today. Uh, Liz, I, I'm not going to talk about the Josh and Lamar. I'm a Bills fan. I'm 58. Been been a Bills fan since a baby. I know it. And he, the thing is, is Lamar is an old soul. That's what I believe in. He he handles things differently. Josh, he's a warrior. He needs that challenge. He needs that that uh, you know three hundred. We only have uh, ten guys to beat this twenty. Whatever he he's gonna. So it's gonna be a good battle either way. Um, I just think, remember, they're young guys. They're getting tons of money, and how they handle it could be different. Lamar, he just keeps going. Josh, maybe he had some rough bumps after he got his money. I don't know. I I just love my bills. 
Go yeah, Bills. I don't know that money factors into this because they both have so much of it at this point with their contracts. I don't yeah. know that, that necessarily factors into sure. it. But as she was talking about this this weekend with these two quarterbacks, and obviously they're not playing each other, I started playing out of my head, okay, who could throw three interceptions in the first quarter? And I couldn't envision Lamar doing that. No. And I can envision Josh Allen doing that. Now, conversely, if I told you somebody was 14 of 20 for 150 yards, a touchdown, and no picks, and kind of a ho-hum game, it's weird. You could see Lamar doing that, but you'd actually want Josh Allen to do that. It's very odd with these two. Yeah, you're right, but I guess we have more data points that would suggest that Lamar can do that and control the complexion of the game. Remember, I compared Lamar to LeBron James in that way. We've never really seen a quarterback being able to control the flow of a game like Lamar Jackson because right. he's so dynamic, because he's so multifaceted, and because this guy is consumed with winning. Like, There's only one quarterback that has a better winning percentage that's active right now in the NFL since Lamar came into the league, and that's Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Like, That's the rarefied air that Lamar is in. And so I, I could absolutely see a scenario where Lamar does that against the Houston Texans and accepts that that's what his team needs from him in order to win. I can't see a world in which Josh Allen, who's across the sideline from Pat Mahomes, going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that he struggled against in the postseason, doesn't feel the need to put the cape on, and because of that, ends up making some mistakes against a top five defense. Well, there may and be- Steve Spagnola, who's one of the best big game defensive coordinators the league has ever seen. How would yeah. you know? <laughs> Coming up, a no pressure in Pittsburgh or a lot of pressure in Pittsburgh? We'll find out. Plus, Adam Schefter will join us, presented by BetterHelp. Coming up, it's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. Mike Tomlin said today he's not going anywhere. So in Pittsburgh, it's business as usual, despite some of that outside speculation. I want to play for Mike T. It was huge in my contract. Talks is I don't want to play for anybody other than Mike T. You guys understand and see in the way that I talk about how much I respect and appreciate him as a coach, as a man, as a leader. That's my endorsement for him. He wants to focus on one goal. Everybody likes to talk about, oh, he might take a year off. He might do this. He's only got one year. I just think, why would he answer a question like that? He's worried about trying to win a playoff game. Well, the coaching carousel will not now include Mike Tomlin. Reports by many, including our very own Adam Schefter, who's going to join us in about five minutes or so, that Mike Tomlin is coming back to the Pittsburgh Steelers, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. With you, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Any part of this surprise, you guys, that Tomlin comes back for year 18 next year? 
No, it doesn't surprise me because Mike Tomlin, you know, he's he's a football coach. When you think about the definition of it, like that, that is Mike Tomlin. Like mm-hmm. he, he embodies everything, all the attributes that we associate with being a football coach, regardless of the level that you want to talk about. So, no, it doesn't surprise me um, that he's deciding to come back. Um, it surprises me that Pittsburgh is going to allow him to go into 2024 without a contract extension. He's in the final year of his deal. Teams don't typically allow a coach to be a lame duck. And so for this to be the scenario, you have to wonder, you know, what the long-term future for Mike T and the Pittsburgh Steelers are if, in fact, they don't get an extension worked out this offseason. It surprised me a bit because normally in these situations when you hear a little bit of the smoke around the situation, there's some truth behind it. And when our Brooke Pryor, who does a great job covering the Steelers, starts to ask a question about Mike Tomlin's future and doesn't even get through it and he walks off the podium, that's very uncharacteristic of him. So just observing that behavior, I thought maybe there is some truth behind this. Maybe he is ready to walk away and maybe this season did take a toll on him that he hasn't had in a while. I mean, he's been doing this a long time and the rigors of being a head coach in the NFL could get to anybody. So I I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to walk away at some point and take some time on his family and on his personal life. And and knowing going in next season that there's still a question at quarterback, I thought maybe this was the time for him. So knowing that he is a coach, this is his identity, not surprising he's coming back. But based on all the circumstances around it, I thought maybe there was a little bit more to the story. I've always thought there's a difference between a job and a career. I think you can find in the NFL better jobs currently than what the Pittsburgh Steelers present roster-wise to Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. You can't provide a better career than anywhere else but Pittsburgh for the long period of time that he's been there and will continue to be there. All right, we will get the latest from around the league right now. Adam Schefter, of course, joining us. He is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp makes it easy to match with a licensed therapist. Get 10% off of your first month of online therapy at B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. That's A-D-A-M. Adam Schefter, NFL insider, joins us here on Unsportsmanlike. Adam, what is the latest with Jim Harbaugh? Well, he met yesterday with the Atlanta Falcons. And so now that's two known teams that are interested in Jim Harbaugh. He met one day earlier with the Chargers. Now he's met with the Atlanta Falcons. I I don't think you're meeting with Jim Harbaugh unless you are highly interested in going down that path. And the fact that he's now taken two of these interviews also shows you that he's open to going to the NFL. Uh, We'll see what ultimately he decides to do here. But talking to both teams, I still think the Chargers make a lot of sense. Um, Now, Jim also is an unpredictable figure. You never know how this stuff is going to turn out with him. Two years ago, it was the Vikings. A lot of people in the Michigan football office thought he'd wind up there. He didn't. Last year, he was talking with the Broncos. There were people across the league who thought he would wind up there. He didn't. There are people now who think he could be headed to the NFL, talking to the Chargers and Falcons, and we'll see how it plays out. I think... The timing is more right for him right now to go to the NFL than it's ever been. He's done everything that he's needed to do at Michigan. He's got a lot of players leaving there. He's got the NCAA chasing him. And so with all those factors involved, I think it makes it a ideal time for him to go to the NFL, but it's still a big decision for him and his family, and we'll see how it plays out. 
Shefty, another coach of note that interview with the Atlanta Falcons is Bill Belichick. You said late last week that his availability could loom large for a team that could potentially fall flat on wild card weekend. I think we have to say that the Eagles and the Cowboys both fell flat on wild card weekend relative to the expectations. So I'm just curious, with those two particular teams, are those head coaches safe or, or should we continue to keep a close watch on what happens in the coming days? Well, I think everybody's waiting to see what happens in Dallas or Philadelphia and whether or not they make any changes there. And really, those decisions are up to the owners of those respective franchises. And, you know, over the weekend, you're getting constant texts, I was at least, you know, about the Dallas situation, about the Philly situation, and about what potentially the fallout could be. And, I mean, let's just be honest right now, Uh, those are the two spots. We've seen eight head coaching changes already this year. We're waiting to see what happens in Dallas, change or not. We're waiting to see what happens in Philadelphia, change or not. And until we hear from the owner, we won't know whether they are or aren't making a change. I I think anything is possible here in the next couple of days, today, tomorrow, Friday. But I would think we get some sort of clarity this week about whether those teams are or, or not making changes here. Adam, do you have a sense of which one of these head, head coach openings might be filled first? Um, the Raiders are in compliance now with the Rooney Rule. They met with Chris Richard yesterday, and that means they've done two face-to-face, in-person interviews with minority candidates, which enables them to go hire whoever they want, whenever they want. And so that means that we could get Antonio Pierce hired, whenever the Raiders want, today, tomorrow, this weekend. Mm -hmm. But the Raiders have essentially set it up so that they are in position to make the next move, and we'll see if and when they do. It, it is on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. alone. Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Adam Schefter joining us, uh, presented by BetterHelp, betterhelp.com slash Adam. Adam, is Mike Vrabel a known candidate anywhere? Um. Known, I think he's going to generate interest in Atlanta. I won't be surprised if the Falcons talk to him. I think he's going to generate interest in Seattle. Uh, I think he could still surface as a candidate elsewhere. I still think he's a Tier 1 coaching candidate, somebody who people are interested in. You just haven't heard as much talk about him. And you wouldn't necessarily hear about him early on in the process. I think somebody like that would loom larger later. Uh, when teams have a little bit more clarity, they they know what they would be getting in Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel's a top tier coach, and so he still will be a part of this process, even though we haven't heard a lot about him to date right now. Shefty, Mike Tomlin created a lot of speculation when he decided to step down from the podium when our very own Brooke Pryor asked him about his contract and, and going into 2024 as a lame duck coach potentially. Just curious, from what you're hearing around the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, do they expect to hammer out an extension with Mike T, or will he, in fact, go into 2024 with one year remaining on his contract? It's a great question, Chris, and, and I think that will – tell us a lot about where his mind is at, whether he wants to do a deal or not. Um, You know, the season just ended. He told his coaches and players yesterday that he's planning to be back. And now it's up to him in the front office, the organization, to sit down and chart a course moving forward, if that's what they both want. I think Mike Tomlin gets to stay in Pittsburgh as long as he wants. 
I think he's a tenured head coach. That's how I view it. And, and he deserves to be, in my mind. But he may have other ideas, and he may say, after this year, that's enough, and I'm going a different direction. We don't know what he's thinking right now. So the two sides will have time in the future to sit down and figure out, great question, your part, don't know the answer right now. Shafti, do you know of anything, or should we expect, let me, let me rephrase, should we expect Pete Carroll to get head coaching interviews for next year? Well, I would think he would, but here's the thing. You tell me where he figures in right now. Like, you asked him about Vrabel, and I still think he's going to be a part of this. Right. I don't see as much of an obvious landing spot right now for Pete Carroll. You would figure the Chargers would be in play. They seem intent and focused on hiring an established coach, but their sights for me seem to be more set on Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, maybe even Mike Vrabel. I don't know that Pete Carroll fits in there. Now, to me, he's a no-brainer. You're in L.A., you bring Pete Carroll back there, fans would love it, makes you even more relevant. To me, that's a no-brainer, having him be amongst the people under consideration for that job. But I haven't heard so far that they're overly interested. And you would think that the Raiders would make some sense, but they seem to be kind of zeroed in on Antonio Pierce. So where else is Pete Carroll in play? I, I haven't heard it yet. It still could come. Yeah, I mean, that's my, certainly, my, my pitch has been, Shefty, I'm like, if, if I am Carolina, I'm giving him the organization. Like, here, you figure out the culture. You figure out how to make this right because me, David Tepper, I can't do it. You, I mean, you asked the question. I don't know like you know, obviously, but that's been my pitch all along with this with Pete Carroll. Yeah, well, I, I guess does Pete Carroll want to move across the country to take over a team that struggled as much as the Panthers did this year? Now, maybe that might be his only choice if that were the case. But to me, it sounds like the Panthers want to go younger and they want to go offensive, and Pete is neither of either one of those. Shefty, great job as always. We look forward to talking to you next week, uh, presented by BetterHelp. Thanks so much, Shefty. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, there's Adam Schefter. Of course, his appearance is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp makes it easy to match with a licensed therapist. Get 10% off of your first month of online therapy at B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. There could be another person returning to the NFL. We will get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com this is the unsportsmanlike podcast on espn radio this is unsportsmanlike with chris canty evan cohen and michelle smallman
went out to brunch with some people on Saturday morning. We got a dip, and there was all sorts of chips and hands in there. And I was just like, you know what? I live in New York City. Maybe the community dips are out. No, it's a, a dip is a one or two person job, and that second person has to be your significant other. Can we share a spinach artichoke dip? Sure, but I'm not sharing <laughs> dips with my friends when I go out. We are on Sportsman Like, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. CC over at Get Up. I don't know if uh, people noticed this as much yesterday with all of the Harbaugh news, with the Falcons and Tomlin coming back to the Steelers and the big win by Joel Embiid over Nikola Jokic, but um, the Saints wiped out basically their entire offensive coaching staff, and we've heard a lot about somebody kind of hanging around the Saints um, are we at the point to wonder if John Gruden could be coming back to be a coach for the Saints on the offensive side of the ball? Well, Not a head coach. Well, we know that he's met with the team. We, as you said, that they've been around one another. There's been reports out there that there's mutual interest in him returning in some form or fashion. So maybe that is on the radar. It's always interesting to me when, like, the person who's, like, in a lawsuit with someone else still can do business with that person. Like, the Knicks and the Raptors are involved in this huge lawsuit right now, yet they just made a trade a couple of weeks ago. John Gruden is involved in this lawsuit with the NFL, right? And yet, could he come back to the NFL potentially on that coaching staff? It's just something that I saw yesterday that I took note of that I wondered with all of the smoke around Gruden, specifically Derek Carr, the uh, previous relationships with Dennis Allen, that I, the head coach of the Saints, that I just started to wonder whether or not we look at this and we say maybe possibly Gruden could be a guy that comes back. And I think personally, I think he's a little bit overrated as an offensive coach. I think people want to give him so much credit for things, at least as a head coach offensively. If you look at the quarterback play, under John Gruden as a head coach, it has not been that good. Mm-hmm. People assume it is because he had a show here on ESPN that was entertaining. But in terms of the actual productivity with him as a head coach, he's actually maybe better as an assistant coach coaching offense than he is as the head coach. But just something to keep an eye on there in terms of some of the coaching changes around the league that could all of a sudden, as part of this, we see John Gruden maybe in the mix for that Saints coaching staff. So you think maybe it would be beneficial if they were to, in fact, bring him on, that he was maybe part of the offensive staff, not a coordinator or holding a signature role? Yeah, but that, yes, but then I start to think about, is John Gruden going to be a quarterback's coach for the New Orleans Saints reporting to an offensive coordinator and then also reporting to a head coach? Yeah, he's 60, Is that going to happen? He's 60 years old, and he's had a lot of success in the NFL and elsewhere. So I don't know if he'd be willing to do that either. I don't know if that's appetizing for him at this stage in his life and his career. The other thing I wanted to get to before we get back to the phone calls, we've had a big debate today about Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen, more pressure going into this weekend. You posed an interesting question about the idea of the dominoes that could potentially happen here, Smalls, with the NFL coaching in terms of what happens first, right? Oh, during the break? Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious which domino you think would fall first, Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick. And I think that's a hard one to answer, but my mind goes to this, and this is where I think we're in a very interesting waiting pattern right now, and we just had Schefter on, and he talked about kind of that a little bit, as to what's going to happen with the Eagles and the Cowboys. Because are either of those two guys going to make a full-fledged decision about their future? Because remember, both of those guys are interviewing the team as much as the team interviewing them. Jim Harbaugh and and Bill Belichick don't go to the Falcons and get peppered with questions. They're peppering them with questions. I would love to be a fly on the wall during that process, especially with Bill Belichick. I mean, because they have to ask him some questions, obviously, Evan. Yes, but it's more of... 
what do you want this to look like? What do you want that to look Meaning like, what are you coming in with? Because we know we're going to have no say over this. When we hand you our franchise, Coach Belichick, what should we expect on our end? Versus most interviews are, here's how we do things here. Are you comfortable with X, Y, and Z? That one is more listening than talking, I would think. I agree with you about 95%, but the other 5% is because of what it looked like in New England the past couple years. And I would think that if I was going to give him a lot of power, I would have some questions myself as to what to expect. But you don't interview Belichick and Harbaugh, Harbaugh excuse me, without realizing I am handing my franchise to someone else. When you have Arthur Smith as your head coach, you have say. When you have Dan Quinn as your head coach, you have say. When you have Belichick and Harbaugh, basically you're reporting to them. The management structure changed. Now, good managers of people, good coaches, understand that they're going to play different roles for different people. So if Arthur Blank is this great NFL owner in Atlanta, he's going to understand where he may have been the boss with those two previous full-time coaches, he may be the employee, not the employer. He may realize, I am now working for Belichick versus Arthur Smith working for me. And that may be the attraction for a guy like Belichick or Harbaugh to Arthur Blank. A lot of Arthurs. To Arthur, Arthur's. Arthur Blank. Because he knows how to flip the switch and change that role. Which is why I'd be attracted to somebody like that. True, but also both of them are in a place where even though they're going to have a huge say in what happens, obviously, they both need to be collaborative. And both are not used to being hyper-collaborative. I don't think you have to be collaborative. I think Bill Belichick's going to have to work with a general manager. Yeah, but... When I say I don't think you have to be collaborative, you have to be collaborative with the people you're bringing in. That's what I'm assuming that Belichick is going in with. Like, okay, here's I'm bringing in John Robinson, former general manager of the Titans who I had in New England. He's going to be my general manager. He will report to me, and um, this is how we're going to do things. He's going to be collaborative with his people. I don't know. I think the collaboration with the owner is leave me alone. That is that is being collaborative, is, is establishing the relationship that we are going to have, Bill Belichick, Arthur Blank, hypothetically, is you're going to leave me alone. That's a collaborative effort. You have to agree to that. Sure. I would it's ima- a weird one, but you have to agree to that. Which is why I would imagine a place like Carolina doesn't interest him from a lot of different standpoints. But if we're talking ownership, I don't know if that owner could ever get out of his own way and not meddle. So I don't think it would be attractive to somebody like Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh. But I'm just saying based on the way it looked in New England the past couple seasons and what he said in his end-of-season press conference about being open to having someone else pick the groceries, working with the general manager, I think if I'm a prospective employer, I want to make sure those boundaries are ironed out before I give you the keys to the kingdom. I want to make sure that you're going to actually be collaborative with this person and listen to what other people have to say. Johnny in Buffalo watching on ESPNU wants to weigh in on the Allen versus Lamar pressure debate. What's up, Johnny? Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Yeah, uh, here in Buffalo and um, yeah, after this weekend of snow, woke up with another foot, so I was a little bit heated and then, yeah, with the whole Allen versus Lamar thing, obviously. Being from Buffalo, you know where I stand. Um no, actually, I mean, actually, Lamar, we don't, actually, we don't because the pressure conversation is where the gray area comes in. Who do you think has more pressure? We know you love probably Josh Allen, but who has more pressure on them? Uh, I mean, I would go Lamar just because with the whole way the season shook out, obviously they got a lot of things going for them. They're the better team as it looks right now, but any given week, anything can happen. So, Yeah, I mean, sure, any given week, anything can happen. We know that, but I don't know, and thanks for the phone call. I just... I don't know. I, I kind of I still look at Josh Allen and say that there needs to be something else on that top line of that resume. Passionate Raider in Illinois listening on the ESPN <laughs> app. What's a passionate Raider? 
Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Okay, I'm going to chime in and help that for that caller out before, man. I feel Josh Allen has more pressure on him because he's been to the big dance before. I kind of give Lamar a little bit of a cushion because he has been hurt the last three years, but the man brings it every time he's on the field. This year he's not hurt. It's a different ball game. I think he's going to go out there, the cool, nonchalant, uh, 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 Lamar Jackson, and he's going to stick it to Josh. I think Josh is going to get anxious. I think there's going to be a shakeup there if there's not. But another main reason I want to call for is what's going on in Vegas, man? Mark's making some moves right now. There's some chatter going on right now. Raider Nation's on fire right now because he's going to bring the man in. Just bringing the passion back. We've been down for a long time. It's time we come back. If we're going to be relevant in these playoffs in the future, Get ready, because Raider Nation is back. AP is coming. Champ is coming. Let's go. Holland, you hear me? This is for Raider Nation right now, because this is how we're feeling. Raiders! Let's go! Passionate Raider, real quick, before we let you go. How will you feel if they don't bring in AP? What if he's not the guy? No one's worried about that. It's it's writing's on the wall. Uh, Writing's on the wall, man. Mark knows what's up. Mark's kind of seen what's been going on. Mark's admitted his faults. You know, we're fans. We just love our. We just love our team. We love. We we've been down long enough. And, and what AP brought when he came, the the attitude, the respect. I mean, just everything he's done since he's been back is what we've been missing. I do, you gotta be. You gotta be careful though. Here's the thing, and this has nothing specifically to do with Antonio Pierce. And thanks for the call. The interim coach bump always exists in year two. When the interim coach gets carried over to the next year, all of the rallying around that coach changes because so much of what interim coaches get is playing hard for the person because they're not the other person. And I'm not saying they're not going to play hard for Antonio Pierce. I believe he should be the head coach. I believe he's going to be the head coach. I just think mentality is going to change over a longer period of time with the training camp, with the preseason, with eighteen or 17 games in 18 weeks. I just think it's different when you're the full-time coach versus the interim coach. Just saying. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. So what exactly happened between you and Greeny here, CC, when you were on Get Up? So we had a great segment on Get Up. I mean, Swagoo, my former teammate, is on there. We got Jeff Saturday. Kmart is back. Off our birthday tour. Like, it's all going this morning. <laughs> like, it's hump day Wednesday. We, we got a great Wednesday crew. I love it. But before we go on air to do the segment, Greeny asked me, 
hey, what are you guys hot on on the radio? What's the conversation this morning? And I say, you know, it's the Lamar versus Josh Allen debate who has more pressure on him. And I told him at first I was on the Josh Allen train in terms of having more pressure, but then I switched sides and went with Lamar Jackson. And he said, well, why? And I said, Lamar Jackson is clearly a better player than Josh Allen, and he should not be considered in the same realm as Mahomes, as Burrow, and as Lamar. And Greeny says, really? He's like, I don't know about that. And I said, well, if both of their careers ended today, who's in the Hall of Fame? And he said, yeah, Lamar's in the Hall of Fame, Josh Allen probably not. But he said he countered that point with if he was drafting a team – he would take Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson. And then I promptly told Greeny that he is the problem when we have this debate. <laughs> so he acknowledges that Lamar is a Hall of Famer. Yes. That Lamar is a better football player. Yes. But that he would take Josh Allen over Lamar. Yes. To start a team. But that I can't understand. Why wouldn't you go with the Hall of Famer, with the better player, with the player who has because more accolades? Because the whole... The whole- trick to that that debate is the to start a team thing that's like saying would you take tomlin or belichick or vrabel or belichick belichick's the greatest ever but to start a team you're looking forward to the future that is an assumption that josh allen's future is going to be better than that of lamar jackson's future lamar jackson's past resume wise is clearly better than that of josh allen that all said, I don't know why we are assuming that Josh Allen's future would be better than that of Lamar Jackson's future. That's where I'm at. How are we prognosticating that based on the data points that we have? Because we're holding success against him. I think I will continue to come back to that. We are holding the Lamar Jackson. Now you're you're not. That, that, no, that's but, not. But, but that's not all it is, though, Ev. That, that's not. No, I'm just saying I, that's I know, not all not, it is because not. it's unconventional because it doesn't necessarily look like. But so is Josh the, Allen. Yeah, and I agree with you. This I agree with you. I, I agree with you, but when you look at some of like Josh Allen is always at the top of the league when it comes to passing yards, passing touchdowns. That's not really Lamar Jackson's game. That's not Lamar plays to win whatever game it is. He's not trying to light up the scoreboard. He's just trying to win a damn game. And so I think when people don't see the gaudy statistics, and because it is non-traditional, they, they'll give Josh Allen the benefit of the doubt over Lamar Jackson. And I just don't understand why. I don't understand why they want to believe in the potential and the promise of Josh Allen when Lamar Jackson is on the eve of winning his second MVP. You know what? Well, Sorry to interrupt, but I want to just say this. Greeny is so wrong. We're going to take over a show today. Screw it. He's out. <laughs> We're going to do it. You know what? I just fired him from his show okay. today. We're going to actually do a show okay. for okay. Sorry, Greeny. Continue the Go debate ahead, from 10 to 12 yeah. Eastern time. Yeah. Can't yeah. wait. Looking yeah. forward to it. I brought a snack. But you know what? <laughs> Count me in the camp of people that is going to stop underestimating Lamar Jackson and stop disrespecting him. Yes. How many times do we have to do this to this guy where we don't think he can do this and then he proves us wrong? We don't think he can do that and he proves us wrong. I'm not going to be that person anymore. I am looking at the body of work that he's put together, and I'm going to use that as my reference point moving forward, and I don't know why other people aren't. You talk all the time, CC, about the way that he's able to control the tempo of the game. Mm-hmm. He is such a unique talent, and just because it doesn't look like everybody else or just because it doesn't look like a traditional quarterback in a lot of different senses doesn't mean it's any less impactful. This guy is ridiculous in what he's able to do. Why would I think that's going to slow down anytime soon? You you talk about Josh Allen not even being a tier one guy at a he's lot not. of uh, times this season. How is he? But we've never had that conversation about Lamar this season. So I just don't understand why you would think 
if you're going to project it forward, that Josh Allen all of a sudden would minimize the turnovers and that he would be in a better place as a quarterback than what we've seen from Lamar. Why did you say it the way you just said about, like, we've talked about Josh Allen not being a tier one guy, as if we should have. And I'm not saying your question. I'm saying, like, go deeper on that, Smalls, because, like, I feel like that jumps out at people, and CeCe and I are saying, like, of course he's not a tier one guy. Like, what do you, why would we ever con- consider him that? So I haven't been as hard on Josh Allen as I think you, the two of you have at points this season. And right. you guys were fairly tough on him. He, de- he absolutely deserved it. I was giving him more of the benefit of the doubt because I have seen him do it in big moments. But I just don't understand how it's a debate between these two guys when one of them is a question mark about a tier and the other one is firmly in that camp. Well... Yeah, so the way I look at it is this. There's one guy on tier one, right, if we're going to do the tier thing. Well, I don't even – I put him in a tier of his own. He's like well, an – out. yeah, he's an yeah, outlier to yeah. me. And that, of course, is uh, is Desmond Ritter. No, so uh, <laughs> so Mahomes is on the tier by himself. Yeah. I shouldn't take shots at the Falcons. I may become a fan. Um, yeah, come on. I'm just, look, I'm just looking at something. Like, if we're talking about turnovers being a major factor. But that's the and, thing. People and, like and, whether and Hembo don't think and, it is. And whether teams win or lose. Uh, just think about this. Lamar Jackson has had, what, six games this year where he's had a turnover. Just one turnover. He's had six games. There have only been three games this year. Where Josh Allen hasn't had a turnover, I would bet there's been at least only, six only, games. Think about only three games when he hasn't had a turnover. Say less. <laughs> but I bet you there's been at least six where he's had multiple turnovers. Yeah, but that's oh, part of, of course. The, yeah, of that's course. part of the argument is on our network on After Us, not today because we're taking over. Uh, <laughs> Hembo is a brilliant statistician, knows all these things. Will tell you that the turnovers don't lead to things and thus don't hold them against Josh Allen. And I will tell you if you think Josh Allen is so good, cost uh, possessions cost should actually be held against you. Yes. Because if he's so good, you're saying, well, I'm giving CC the ball. CC didn't do anything with it. Well, if I'm so good, me not having the ball should be held against me, which for some reason they don't do that. Now, look at Mahomes in that Tier 1. If Tier 2 should be led by Lamar Jackson, I don't know that he should be joined by Josh Allen. That's how I look at it. So who do, you, who do you put as his peers in that level? So where we are if in not a, Josh Allen. Right, where we are in a tricky state in terms of that Tier 2 right now in the NFL is Burrow was supposed to be there. Injured. So hold on, Pat Mahomes is a tier unto himself. himself. He's okay. on the Brady no tier. Which is fair, okay. right? He's right. on the Brady tier. Okay. So basically you're coming up with the Manning or Rodgers tier, so to yeah, speak. So to me, in tier two, there are only two quarterbacks. Lamar and? Joe Burrow. That's right? it. And then, so Josh Allen would be in the next tier. Yeah. With Josh Allen is with the Jalen Hurts and Brock the Purdy. Justin Herbert. CJ Stroud now? You putting him there? He's, he's working himself into that conversation, but that's the tier, that's the tier that he's in. He's with those, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's in that group. Maybe Matt Stafford, if you want to throw him in there, too. Like, that's that's the group that Josh Allen is in. Not insulting in any way, shape, or form, yet every single Josh Allen stand out there will tell you how insulting that is. We just put him in the top ten of the quarterbacks in the league. But because we didn't put him in the top two, three, four, or five, all of a sudden it is, we are Josh Allen haters. I admit, I have been an on-field Josh Allen hater, but I think we are being extremely fair when discussing the quarterbacks. I hate any quarterback that gives the ball to the other team. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.